Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. I don't know what he's doing, but he'll be back probably. But running the boards is Joey D. What's going on? Oh, hello. hello. On today's show, we will talk about a video game that has gotten more popular than League of Legends on Twitch. Hello. Joe's been playing it. Maybe. Oh. Then we'll be talking about a show about video games, which goes back into the nostalgia of yesteryear, and maybe more on that one. Of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B and all of that different more stuff that Whoa. we've got going on. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's got our blogs, podcasts, <laughs> and more. More and more. <laughs> or just look for us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. Just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation, BJ Geek Nation, one of those. It'll work. Yeah, and different ways to get a hold of us. And this is one that, uh, you know, video games uh, are my passion. Uh, it's the one thing that lets me, as we talked about in the last episode, lets me get my anger out. Probably not the most healthy way, but at the same point in time, I'm usually just yelling at my computer and, or my console. And uh, fortunately, this is one that I've missed. I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76 still. Uh, the season is still happening, so I've been playing all of that to hopefully get all the big prizes at the end. You know, all the big tchotchkes and the digital stuff that I... Uh, you always want to get, and you know, those <laughs> fake numbers and all those different fun things. Uh, this one has completely, I've missed the boat on so far. Like I mentioned in the intro, it is now more popular on Twitch as a viewable uh, show game uh, than League of Legends, which was the hands down winner for how many years? A lot. Uh, this is Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Um, Joe. Hi. You've been playing it. Yes. Have you been playing it on PS4 or Steam? Uh, Steam, PC. Okay, on the PC. And uh, explain explain what is going on with this game. All right. So think of the Battle Royale in the sense that it's got 60 players. Okay. And you're all competing against each other. But it's like Mario Party minigames. Oh. And, I mean, the guys, everyone looks like these kind of weird little, almost like minions. Uh, or jelly beans. So like cute. People call them like jelly beans or something along those lines. And you can customize your jelly bean with whatever you want. Oh, kind there of. you go. There you go. That's why. So different skins. And mine, like- yeah, mine wears little tight underwear that have hearts on them. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I have unlocked. Because I'm a noob. Ah, okay, okay. So you're doing all these different Mario, Mario Party type things. I've noticed that... Uh, I've seen a, a couple of people where there was like everyone starts off at a like a start line and you're just trying to run across this uh, this platform, but some of the blocks are disappearing, kind of like Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. You've got to find the correct path to get there to get across. Yep, and let me tell you, you don't want to be the first one across because you're going to fall. Uh, it's very hard to find the right path. Uh, The game is hilarious because it really does remind me of back in the day when you would play Mario Party with your friends around an N64. Yes. Except that instead of like, you you compete against each other in Mario Party, but like in this game, there are so many players that even if you're with like, say, three of your friends, you're competing against them and the other 50 bajillion players that are on the server. So essentially, you get dropped into this mini game and all you need to do is survive. 
But while you're trying to survive, your friends are trying to survive, and all you hear is screams of, he's grabbing onto me, I can't jump, I'm going to fall, I'm not going to make it, I didn't qualify. Because at the end, you qualify if you make a certain percentage of the uh, oh. above the other players. And it's there is no competition. This is not something where you're like, I'm going to earn you know, uh, the top wins and really prove to people how good I am. Doesn't exist. Okay, right? so this is kind of like you can play it like a couple of times, get a couple of mini games, get some aggressions out, and you can move on with your day. Yeah, it's very difficult to win because there is a lot of variance. Okay, because again, I mean, like, yes, there's individual skill to you clicking the jump button and you, you know, <laughs> not getting held back by someone, but the, it's all for fun. Like the idea is like a mini game and for Mario Party where you would get in, and it'd be like bouncing balls, and you and your friends would compete about to see who could stay on top of the platform long enough or something like that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So. First off, great drinking game. Going to put that out there because, I, like, you know, motor skills, when they get lessened from certain things, you know, it tends to make it more fun because it's harder to play. But the, the game has been so well designed in the sense that you really want to keep playing despite knowing that you might not be the reason why you lose. You know, <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah. Because in Mario Party, when your friends were better than you, you know, at the mini games, like you'd join in a game and you wouldn't have a chance at winning. You'd be like, well... I get to play the track and get the star and that kind of thing. But this game is specifically designed to essentially be like, hey, there are 60 players. What are you doing now? What, is your friend good? Or are you better than your friend? Doesn't matter. You Doesn't both matter qualified. One random thing could happen, which could save you or ruin you completely. Yeah, or you're playing and some guy jumps at the same time you do and he bounces you off the map and you lose. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. And there's screaming and... It's not serious. So don't go into it thinking this is going to be the next Battle Royale, right? If you're looking at it and you've just seen like screenshots or some quick videos, I mean, look at how colorful and uh, like elementary, like preschool, like the, it's very bright, very shiny. Uh, you're running around as a little fat jelly bean with various cosmetic uh, apparel and stuff like that. Yeah, there are team versions. Like there are some many uh, games just like in Mario Party that are teams. So it'd be like you guys are playing soccer against the other team. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so wow. it, yeah, so it's fun, and because it's so difficult to actually win because there are sixty players and there's only one winner. That like there's a lot of replayability, and it can become a competition for fun. You know, I think that's the big thing that I realized is that you, when you have a game that you can play with five year olds, that you also get a lot of entertainment out. It's perfect because yeah. that means that it's designed well. And that you're not going to get angry. <laughs> well, Hopefully. I mean, yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, looking at me with those. Um, they do have in-game currency. You were talking about uh, the the different sort of cosmetic items that you're going to be getting, and that's how you get them. Uh, you can get kudos. They can purchase the co- cosmetics and the emotes to show off in the game. You can also obtain them by completing matches and get crowns, which is the premium currency, which is along the same lines as any uh, uh, any new games. And I'll usually have two sets of currency, one that is very, very easy to get that can get you some little tchotchkes and stuff like that or the one that you can spend money on to get them like I was talking about Fallout they have the atoms uh, a lot of pl- a lot of games have that sort of thing and that's where they really killed it on this game that I think is the best part is you can really customize your character with like a the most random stuff and it's important because when you die or when streamers die or when they're watching people on Twitch you can tell who a person is only by what they're wearing because it's they're so hard to see because yeah like i said i'm a generic dude who just started so i have the base stuff well so do all the other generic dudes you can't tell who i am 
But if you're a streamer who has a bunch of stuff and you're wearing a hot dog suit with a cowboy hat, <laughs> right? Everyone's gonna be like, I know who that is. I know who you are. Is, is Ninja playing? All right, I'm gonna take him out. And that actually turns you into a huge target at that point, too. And I didn't know how big this game was. Like, I just started playing like a week ago oh. for fun. <laughs> you know, and again, it's a game that's fun break for me, like from a Call of Duty or something where I'm really focused and everyone's trying to win and that kind of thing. This game is much more casual, much more fun, quicker. But the numbers are ridiculous. Dude. The views, the YouTube yes. views. The I mean, Twitch was essentially showing this as their game with the streamers because they're like, look at how awesome this is. And it's one of those things that it's accessible for everyone. Some games are a little too, you know, like adult for anything going on. But you're talking about like even just with like sales or like views. And we talked about how they're bigger than League of Legends. Uh, within 24 hours of the release, the game had drawn over 1.5 million players. That's in 24 hours. On August 10th, the uh, the Devolver Digital announced that the game had sold 2 million copies on Steam. Which is crazy. Yeah. On the first day of the release, it was reported that the service for Fall Guys unexpectedly overflowed. And you'll see that sometimes. But nowadays, like especially when you see like how much people are already getting into it, that... They're ready for that. So a lot of the times, like, servers over capacity is going to be a little bit of a thing of the past. But when it's this big and, like, everyone's playing it. Everyone. Yeah, and that's why it's so interesting because, for instance, you don't even have a name. You get a, a, a Fall Guy ID because they literally can't have that for the amount of people. That's just The servers can't handle that simply because putting your <laughs> name, that one thing would crash it. Just too much. Yeah, which is absurd. You would never think that, well... All right, we're going to have 5,000 people, 500,000 people, 2 million. I mean, you know, servers are expensive. You don't expect that. (laughs) Like, that's just going to crash immediately. And they've actually done a good job of keeping up with it. They've just rolled back some features, which means that in the near future, you're going to see a lot more stuff come out. That'll be interesting to see where they're going to go with it because uh, it seems that um, Battle Royale and, like, party games kind of tend to have a short shelf life. Once you figure out a game, um, either people are going to flock to it, and those are going to be the ones that really get super deep into it, and then you have no chance of even winning, so why play is a lot of what a lot of the people say on that. And you see like uh, a lot of Battle Royale games like uh, PUBG or even Fortnite, kind of on the decline. Fortnite, just, all the kids are just going to play that forever, I feel like. Uh, um, but Fall Guys seems to be able to uh, do something different with that uh, maybe just because of how variant it is. Yeah, it's interesting. I I would not have expected a game with a buy, like you have to buy it immediately, like a, that kind of wall to have such a big player base immediately because generally the way they do it is they release battle passes and that's the way they make yeah. their money because they say, hey, you're going to get skins this way, which makes sense. This game, for whatever reason, didn't have that problem, which makes me believe that it's going to last a lot longer because when they provide more content, they can sell you on the skins later then, which is something that generally you'd be like, oh, well, why won't you do that initially? I'm like, well, they already charged you 10 bucks or 20 bucks and you bought it, so they have runway now. Yeah, like Fall Guys is $19.99, available via PC and PS4, and like when you're talking about prices and they already have microtransactions, it's, it's all the cosmetic stuff so you don't have to pay for it. The $20, it felt like it would be a barrier of entry. And that's kind of like where I was like, do I really want to spend the money on it? And <laughs> ah, like I think it might be one of those fun games that like both the wife and I can just sit down and like go back and forth and trade the sticks as we're just sitting there <laughs> like playing on the PS4. Because this is the one that 
it seemed so not serious that I wanted to be able to just lean back, sit on my couch, and just play. And sure, I might win. Sure, I might lose. But I'm definitely going to have a fun time playing. <laughs> and it's crazy. They are hitting a market that was, I don't want to say untapped, but had a void after the BRs all came out where they became competitive. Every streamer I watch plays this as a warm-up game. It's essentially like, welcome to my stream. Oh. Here are me and my team that's going to play Call of Duty later. We're playing two hours of Fall Guys first because everyone's on and it's kind of casual and you can do ask me anything while it's happening because if you lose in the first round it takes about 10 minutes to finish an entire game okay and so while you're out if you're you know a streamer you can talk to your audience and you can answer questions and the hype that builds Hmm, if everyone's in also creates great content so this game might end up just surviving on the fact that at any given time you're going to have a bunch of streamers on for an hour or two a day it kind of reminds me of like when you're playing a board game and you want that light game beforehand. You're like, okay, let's oh, yeah. play just one or something first, and then we can get into the heavier stuff. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it seems like that. And this is, uh, it's going to be one of those ones I know. It's like everyone's going to be like, hey, let's hop on, let's play. And like you said, like if you have a favorite streamer, you can follow, like follow, watch them play, and like, all right, I know what you're wearing. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to harass you a little bit. This kind of reminds <laughs> me of uh, when you play Mario Party, and they have the one where you're trying to stay on that platform, and then yeah. like, you're the last one down. But I'm always the first one out. I'm never <laughs> the last one going down. Going the wrong way. I'm the, I'm, yeah. That's, I'm going to die. And the games are fun. Like, I mean, they're hard. They're, they're difficult. I mean, their concepts are very simple, but you don't expect a, like, a relay race or, a, you know, an obstacle course to be difficult until you realize there's 60 people playing. And you're all bumping into each other. And, yeah, it's like they have the collision, which is a lot of games nowadays will just avoid that because it gets into processing problems. Like having somebody be a physical entity as opposed to just being able to run through them. But the whole point of the game is I got to run somewhere, so I'm going to bump into someone and hopefully knock them off and not get launched myself. But, again, variance. Exactly. And, (laughs) I mean, that's the best part is, like, you want to get angry at it, but you're like, well, this game was just for fun, and I'm going to literally just play it again in about 10 seconds. Like, it doesn't take long. So, that I mean, I I enjoyed my... I think I played for maybe a couple hours now. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 I thought that I wasn't going to buy this, but just the way you're talking about it. And I'm, I'll watch some streamers. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to get any tips and tricks because, like, looking at it, it's just it's chaos. It's only three <laughs> buttons. It's a three-button game. That's the beauty of it. It's, oh, even Grandma can play it. Right? Exactly. Plus, I mean, if you're bored, you got an hour, you got half hour, you go, hey, guys, let's play a game for two. Yeah. And that helps a lot because, I mean, a lot of times the games are huge time sinks. And if you don't have enough time, if you got, like, kids or cats like me cats yeah well yeah carl no (laughs) (laughs) uh going into some other video game stuff uh netflix just put out a docuseries uh created by france costrel called high score six episodes so it's not very long it's a mini docuseries yeah just a little one on that uh each one running between 37 and 47 minutes and it's going through the history of uh games and it features stories and interviews with the developers and creators of early video games uh it a lot of it was very much in the uh looks like between the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. but the first episode uh, titled boom and bust covers the growth of the arcade games and the home video game consoles of the late 70s and early 80s so, so they give atari you and yeah like uh, atari was a huge one because of how much that they had to do with even just the arcade the stand up mm-hmm. arcades and they go into the history of the arcades and how like really et 
uh, the game, the console <laughs> game for Atari, which previously had a uh, had a documentary on it, which was also fantastic. Um, the worst game ever made. Yep. Really? It, yes. It was dubbed the worst game ever made, and it gets both the documentary and also this one gets into why. And as as nerds in the video game system, and we know like how like to get a game developed, it takes a long time. When you don't have that time, and you have a very high concept of what you want to put out there, maybe things aren't going to work out. Maybe people are going to get really pissed about some of the harder parts of a game that you're like, no, this is part of a concept that I'm trying to do, and people don't care. Do they, they talk about like I think I saw in the news like they dug up like I don't know if it was at a garbage a dump site or something, and they found like a crap ton of those games. That was in the original documentary uh-huh. because that was the whole thing about that uh, the worst game ever was that. Uh, E.T. they put out because they wanted a Christmas release. So they only had five weeks worth of time to literally go from concept to cre- of release or uh, launch, oh, like God. to get it out there uh, for this game, which is not enough time whatsoever Especially to do with anything. A big name like that. Exactly. And so it sold like crap, like horrifyingly, literally killed the arcade console industry until Nintendo came out in 84 or 85. Wow. wow. And so they took millions of carts and in like the Arizona desert in a <laughs> dump out there and buried them. And literally they, yeah and the worst uh, the, the, the worst game in the world, the, the documentary on that uh, it all started on that rumor. And uh, spoiler alert, it really happened. Like they actually really did that. So they talk all about all of that. But it's also just the nostalgia and how like there were people who created the first cartridge based console that Atari like took it from who never got any recognition. Because it was just a guy who had made it. He had been given a concept. And he's like, I think I can work this out. And I think I can do that. And then it gets bought out by Atari and forgotten forever. So you get a really cool history of that. And that was just in the first mm. episode. Wow. Yeah. Uh, second episode has to deal with a lot of after the crash, dealing with uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. They even get into the fact that there were um, video game, uh, the sp- there were Space Invaders tournaments. Like there was a national tournament in 1980 for Space Invaders. And they talked hmm. to the the person who won the first ever like national tournament. And they were just like, I just like playing it. I just like being able to be like, like just be me playing it. It was just nothing but me versus the versus the the little space alien sea creature dudes. They show the original schematics and the art from the creator of Space Invaders and what he was trying to accomplish. And it's so cool. It's so neat to see all of that. That's awesome because I feel like right now there's so many good things to watch right now, but not all of it is going to be light, if you will. Yeah, it, it's kind. Of, you know, we've had this conversation before on on the podcast that sometimes we don't really want to watch a show like Westworld. It took me a bit to watch each episode just because I'm like, it's it's awesome. It's a great show. I just I can't. I don't want to feel My, upset or I, down. I just want. Yeah, Happy. there's there's certain shows that I really don't want to watch anymore. Shameless is one of them, just because mm-hmm. like, well, I've watched like eight seasons already. These are trash people, and there's enough trash people in the world right now. I don't need to and deal on your with Facebook that. Page. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like even like with like Fall Guys or with High Score, it's just 
It's good feelings. It's fun stuff. And that's why uh, Animal was Animal Crossing got really popular again. Yes. Yeah. The big summer one uh, before uh, before Fall Guys. I mean, Animal Crossing. I was freaking out about it because it was just you're hanging out in a community and you're doing fun things and you're just trying to, like, you know, tend to your garden mm. and do some fun stuff on that and not have to deal with the crash fire that's 2020. Yeah. Switch is sold out because of that game. I know. I, I kind of wanted one. I saw, like, people, like, ch- like you know, what do they call it? Hawking them for like 15, oh. hawk, hawking, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like reselling them? But there was a term for it. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, for like $500. I re- yeah, like, yeah, if you can get one, well, don't don't talk to me about that because I don't want to get the markup on that. But I will uh, wait eventually. Until then, I'll continue to watch High Score, finish that up. And uh, like I said, it's six episodes, not too long. Good production, very interesting in the history of stuff, and uh, you can always pull out these little nuggets of information when you're trying to impress all of your friends around the, uh, well, if you're playing Fall Guys and you're on Discord or something like that. Did you know the E.T. game sucks? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you know how bad it really, really was? All right. Well, Vicky, hey, now it's time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So I know we talked about high score earlier and uh, definitely the part with the E.T. Uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. Feel so bad for him. Well, yeah. Anyways, funny that we were talking about E.T. because he was the inspiration for one of our new favorite characters. What? Yep. John Favreau has said that uh, E.T. was actually part of the inspiration for Baby Yoda's adorable look. Really? Says Dave Filoni had done a sketch of a kind of Michelangelo E.T. moment, and that was the source of the inspiration. It was kind of the jumping point for the designers to really go oh, with the look of Baby Yoda. Oh, wow. And he does the he does the finger thingy too, doesn't he? He doesn't it doesn't it doesn't light up, but he's doing the force stuff yeah, and eh, like yeah. I can't want to reach. <laughs> oh. But Baby Yoda is seriously like everyone's favorite right now. He is a mm-hmm. fan sensation. Like I have the pajama pants, the of shirt. Of you do. <laughs> BJ got me the little Funko with the, the Mandalorian. Something really strange. And I, it was, I get targeted ads all of the time about all sorts of various things. Baby Yoda being one of them because Vicky and I do discuss Baby Yoda with Constantly. our phones. Uh, yeah, with our phones in uh, listening range. Uh, there are people on Etsy that are selling, um, they call them different things like green alien baby things that are mm. in stars. Uh, maybe battles are happening. <laughs> but they're, uh, one of them was just like uh, the baby Yoda head. But then they're selling uh, arms and legs like separately for like you can put together your own baby huh. Yoda. So it's like uh, the child face and then selling like green arms and legs for various lengths on how you want to do it. And I'm like, that's. That's kind so of weird. creepy. It's like doll parts just hanging out everywhere. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm always for supporting like small businesses, but I mean, Build-A-Bear also has an option too. Oh, they have Build-A-Yoda, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh. They do have a life-size Baby Yoda for like $350. Whoa. I have, like, see how many Baby Yoda stuff. Like, I have a little crocheted one that a friend made. Mm-hmm. I got the giant Funko. Uh, that thing, B- yeah, yeah, BJ. That BJ got me. And uh, shout out to, I think Zulu's uh, ended up having that. They was able to pick that up and get that. I saw the life-size one. It looks so good. It's so expensive. But, but for the, the quality, I was expecting, you know, when yeah. they say, like, it's a toy. It's like, going to look like. A no, toy. This is a collectible, Vicky. There's mm. a marked difference between a toy and a collectible. This one I would absolutely take out of the packaging, though, because it would stand up perfectly right next to my Yoda statue I have at home. And then I could have Big Yoda and Baby Yoda and then 
baby Yoda, and then like it's basically like a Russian nesting doll of all the baby Yodas I have. Side note, since we were talking about toys, and at the time of this recording, none of this information has come out yet, but I was at the store picking up ice cream for our main job. Was, <laughs> because we have to eat ice we cream. We had to try cream. this ice cream Absolutely. that everyone was talking about. <laughs> Anywho, I went to the store and I passed by the kids' toy section, and I feel like it's another one of those situations where, oops, the toy developers overstepped, and here's information about a movie that's not even out. What? Yeah, I got to see what Chitara looks like, Kristen Wiig's character in The Wonder Woman. Really? Yep, and I took a picture of the toy. So, yeah, it's not Chitara, because or that's the che- Thundercats. Not Chitara, you know what I mean. But um, Cheetah. Cheetah, that's yeah. what I meant. And, ooh, I yeah. mean, that looks cool, but it's... I mean, it's... It's, it's Kristen Wiig and, like... It's a, in Barbie form as yeah. Cheetah. And that was the weird part about it because they're they're very much Barbies. Uh, and, oh, man, oh, I wonder. Why? But I'm just like, I have not. I spent a lot of time on the Internet. Yeah. I have not really seen anything yet, you know, about her look. Or, like, I, I feel like I would have seen it pop up somewhere. But maybe I saw this first and the toys came out first. I don't know. She yeah. looks like a White Walker. Oh, a little bit. Interesting, yeah. Just Maybe with like face she's, tattoos. Because she's really pale. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like that weird hair and, oh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure about it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch this movie anyway. I'm really stoked to see what they're going to be doing with Wonder Woman 1984, which, I mean, I don't even know when it's coming out or if it's just going to come out to streaming or what the hell it's going to be doing. Any, I don't even know what's going on. I mean, I guess I could look on the internet, but... Yeah, it's I mean, work. the only pictures they have of her, like, obviously after the transformation when she's a little bit more sassy, but she doesn't have, like, the full-on face thing going on. Like, she hasn't transformed. She's just sassier. And she, you can, <laughs> she, it's represented. She's not dressing all dowdy anymore, you know, kind of like the old librarian who goes mm-hmm. home to her cats. Shout out to Catwoman. Uh, <laughs> but, like, she looks, like, those are the only pictures. And we see a picture of her in the poster where she does look kind of sassy, but we have not seen her in full makeup, and these toys are already out. Now, also, it looks like uh, the wide release of uh, Wonder Woman 1984 will be October 2nd, tentatively. I mean, just because I know theaters are opening. Uh, some theaters are some, doing like a release slash on demand. Yeah, and some are open right now as of this rec- or uh, as of the airing of this. So. I mean, not in our state yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in most states. Uh, We'll have to see how it goes and see where it goes with that. But, I mean, I really kind of hope they do a simultaneous release so they can do it on demand. It would. I still want to watch this really badly, but I... I know, I'm not. I personally am not ready to go to a movie theater to mm-hmm. hang out, and uh, so I still want to watch it though. I'll pay twenty bucks. And yeah, stream it. Why yeah. not? Yeah, or even like with like Disney's Mulan, it was thirty dollars, but you got to keep it for your subscription as well. That's See? nice. But I would do twenty bucks for like the same thing for any on-demand thing for like forty-eight hours to mm-hmm. watch it. Uh, you can have like a minor party, like hanging like a out with some friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the ones that are in, in your bubble. Bucks. Yeah, exactly. Don't just invite your whole block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll do that, and I'll just uh, maybe just put up one of those big sheets, put a projector out there. And oh, just... That sounds like fun. Yeah, right? Um, how much time we got? Do we uh, got time for a Yeah, let's go for one? something else. Yeah. All right, so I didn't realize this. There was rumors about some of these that I had heard, but most of these I had never heard of. Okay. But apparently there were five canceled Wolverine movies. Oh, no. I had no idea about one involving... <laughs> Um, was it Bob Hoskins? Uh, Bob Hoskins? Yes. Not as Wolverine. 
Uh, so apparently, James Cameron, w- before he started developing a- uh, Alita Battle Angel, which eventually just got handed off to Robert Rodriguez, oh, okay. was in talks to produce an X-Men adaptation for the now-defunct Carloco Pictures with his then-wife uh, then wife Catherine Bigelow directing and Bob Hoskins and Ash- Angela Bassett potentially starring as Wolverine and Storm. This project was in the works from 1989 to 1990. Oh, okay. So he's a little bit younger, but still, I mean, Bob Hoskins was older at that point. I mean, he's the perfect height, or was. Yeah, and if you don't know who Bob Hoskins was, he was the detective in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was also Mario Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movies. Awful uh, movie. Opposite, uh, yes, of John Leguizamo as Luigi and Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. That movie was not good. Koopa. Actually, I found something interesting about that movie as a small aside. Most of the times, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were hammered because they needed to to get through that movie. I don't blame them. Yeah. Oh, God. But it apparently... um, So it started to go off the rails after Cameron became more interested in trying to make a Spider-Man movie instead. Oh, dear. And then it all fell apart in full when Carloco went under, you know, reconstruction due to its financial losses in 92, only for the uh, X-Men rights to revert to Marvel. Okay, well, I mean, I guess we missed a uh, missed something there with that. Yeah, I don't know I what okay we were this. missing with that. <laughs> uh, apparently, we also uh, missed out on a Zack Snyder's R-rated Wolverine movie. Ooh. And this was back in 2007. So, you know, Zack Snyder has paved the way for lucrative R-rated comic book movies, you know, He's done a lot of really good stuff. Um, his he did the popular you know the popular adaptation to uh, three hundred the mm-hmm, same year. Right, yeah, the same year he actually expressed interest in making an R rated Wolverine Wolverine movie, saying it would be cool an R rated superhero movie. That's cool. I don't care what it is. Wolverine would be cool if it was rated R. He then revealed that he had been approached to direct X Men Origins Wolverine, but was already too busy working on his Watchmen movie at the time. Which Watchmen, fantastic X Men Origins yeah. Wolverine, not. And that's you know what I think that if he would have done it, because Zack Snyder really kind of likes to stick to source material when he's doing and stuff. He makes beautiful movies. Oh, they're absolutely beautiful, and that's just that stylistic. He sty- takes his time, type. like just like goes completely in and really shows you the world you're in. And it's, I mean, some people will like poo-poo on stuff like Watchmen because if you didn't read the original material. You could very well be confused yes. with with what's going on. He only changed. There was only like really two changes in that entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was they didn't include the Black Freighter, which yeah. was the comic book that was within it, which it makes sense. That's just kind of a add on. And then they obviously changed the whole squid thing. Yeah, which if you've seen Watchmen, they fixed. <laughs> yeah, which I love the series as well, and uh, it, it's even funny because like the series doesn't necessarily even reference the movie, other than a couple of uh, little slides. Digs on it a couple of times. Here, though, like the movie, even like if they do reference the movie, it it's basically referencing the comic book because it's so Mm -hmm. similar. Yeah, and I feel like he would have done a really badass one, and I would have loved to see him direct X Men Origins, if especially or Wolverine, especially if it was rated R, because that movie was a pile. But apparently, (laughs) he was also offered a chance to direct X Men: The Last Stand before. Um, but he also had a pass due to the commitment of making 300 at the time. And that was the third X-Men movie, which, eh. 300 was way better than the third X-Men movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I don't, no offense to the X-Men series, because I loved them. You know, I was younger. They really did a great job with that old school feel of what a mutant would be like. Yeah. And all your great actors. I don't think you could make that movie 
redeemable with a new director or anything because it was so set in its way and with the storyline. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just an absolute mess. Now, as an aside with Zack Snyder, are you guys excited to see the possibility of Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut? This might be the redemption for Justice League, so and I'm very curious. I, I I don't know if I want to go so deep as into like watching the first one and then watching this one mm-hmm. when it comes out in hopefully 2021, depending on what's going to happen. We have plenty of time. Right? So maybe, but I'm kind of excited to see what he wants to do and the changes he wants to do. There's going to be a DC movie with that group that's going to be good. I don't know when it's going to happen, but <laughs> it's going to happen. So I'm ready. It's just that that was a huge problem. And he had personal issues, like really horrible circumstances to why he had to back out partway through, um, which is understandable. But they pick like they're both fantastic directors, but they're nothing similar. It it, it just does not make sense to why they picked Joss Whedon. Yeah. Just because he's a name at that point in time. It's like like whenever they just go back with Star Wars with J.J. Abrams, they're like, we need you to do this. And then you're like, it's like, hey, you know. Clive Barker is writing a movie or a story for a movie, <laughs> but let's get the My Little Ponies guy in here. Um, actually, I would kind of watch that. Uh oh, yeah. That actually, would be... a mashup would be hilarious. Clive like... Barker's My Little Pony. <laughs> Friendship <laughs> is brutal. <laughs> I love it. I'm in. I'm in. Somebody make this for me, even if it's just like a deep fake trailer or something. Please, uh, please, My Little Pony Cenobites. Right. Let's do it. Uh, we almost got Tom <laughs> Hardy, which I don't hate. Wow. Uh, if you guys want to check out the rest of the list, it is on our Facebook page. Just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation. You will find it. And until next time, stay nerdy.